Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Miranda Sings has been telling haters to back off since she first uploaded a hilariously bad cover of Aretha Franklin's Respect in late 2007. Since then, she has accumulated more than 7 million YouTube subscribers and 1 billion views of her videos. More than 5 million Instagram followers, 3.5 million Twitter followers, and 2 million Facebook fans. And she just launched an 8-episode series called Haters Back Off on Netflix. She's the brainchild alter ego of singer Colleen Bollinger who has millions of fans and followers for her real-life pages, too. She developed her funny new Netflix series alongside her brother, Chris, and it co-stars Angela Kinsey and Steve Little as Miranda's mother and uncle, who are blindly devoted to helping the homeschooled Miranda achieve her dreams of stardom. How did Colleen pull this all off? She tells me her true story of talent, hard work, and determination. So let's get to it! So, Colleen Ballinger, thank you so much for joining me. I know you have a busy, hectic promotional schedule. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, Haters Back Off on Netflix. Haters Back Off is actually kind of intrinsically in the DNA of Miranda, even from the get-go, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, The show is... The Haters Back Off has been like a phrase that I've said as Miranda since the very beginning of doing the character. Right. Um, so when we created the show, it just made sense that that would be the name of the show. But all of the characters and the world have all been a part of Miranda since the beginning. I've always kind of known what her mom would be like, what her uncle would be like. And I've been dying to like show these characters to the world um, for so long. So. Right. It's been since 2008. Yeah. The first Miranda video actually went up in December of 2007. Wow. And, um, yeah. And then my first viral video happened a little bit after that. And then it's all just been snowballing since then. It's been a crazy who journey. The, back in December of 2007, who were the haters in your <laughs> mind then that you were speaking to? You know, I don't even know. It was so weird to me because I didn't really understand YouTube back then. It was still mm-hmm. so new that I didn't know. You know, I thought I'm uploading this video. I'm sending it to my friends. They'll, they'll be the only people who will see this. Mm-hmm. That's what I had assumed. Um, and so when I started getting comments from people I didn't know, I was like, how are they watching this? This is just open to the, the universe. Um, and But it was fascinating to me that there were people who didn't know me who thought this character was real, which was absurd in my mind, because to me, I was like, it's obvious that this is not a real person. Um, but I didn't I didn't know who they were. I didn't know where they were from. I just knew that they did not like me. And so I thought it was hilarious. And so I just thought, you know, well, this girl that I've created would clearly not be a fan of these people. And would she's so cocky that she would just think they're idiots and they're jealous. And she'd just tell them to back off and not let it bug her. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started. It's right, crazy. it's like her whole... Persona, her id is a rallying cry against people who want to keep her down. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's what kind of made Miranda an inspirational character for people. I, I never intended for that to happen, but it's there's something inspiring about a girl who's weird and different than what is you know supposed to be, you know, talented or pretty. You know, she's a, a total weirdo and um, lives to the beat of her own drum, and she's confident in that. And that became an inspiring person for uh, my audience to look up to. You say when you first started uploading the videos, you 
didn't imagine it would become no. success. So here we are almost nine years later. Yeah. It's crazy. Did you, could you imagine that this would still be a, a major part of your life playing no, Miranda? Not at all. This is still like, it's still crazy to me. It's insane to me that I'm here in New York city and all this press is happening. And my show came out like every day just seems crazy to me. I'm from the beginning. I've thought this is going to be like my 15 minutes of fame tomorrow. No one will, watch me anymore because mm-hmm. the stuff on the internet is like a flash in the pan you know something goes right. viral and then we all forget about it in two days and that's what i thought this was going to be for me so do you think you'd be like chocolate rain oh i love chocolate rain <laughs> yeah but i mean taze on day he <laughs> yeah. had that 15 minutes yeah, and then he yeah. made another video yeah yeah i mean even sigh years later yeah had two videos mm-hmm. but yeah not a, and so it's not a long Right. And that's kind of what I had anticipated for myself. I Mm -hmm. thought, okay, so I need to really make this Miranda thing count because Mm -hmm. it's going to be gone tomorrow. And that's what I've been doing kind of every day since I started doing the character. Even right now, I'm like, well, this Netflix show is like, it's it for me. So tomorrow, no one's going to care anymore. So I just need to like live out today like this matters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of been the key to my success is because each day I'm like, I really need to live this to the fullest and do everything I can and work really hard. Um, because tomorrow it could be over and I want to appreciate it while it's happening. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been insane. I never expected any of this to happen. It's all been a, such a dream come true. Well, help me set the scene then. 2007, mm-hmm. uh, you went to school for singing, vocal mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. You've got a job at Disneyland. Yes. What was your job at Disneyland? I worked, um, in the parade for a high school musical. I sang. Okay. Um, and then I also worked at Playhouse Disney, whereas I, I played like a, it's basically like a camp counselor for three-year-olds. And I okay. danced and sang with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and all this fun stuff. Um, and we did like six shows a day. It was, I loved that job though. I had so much fun. But it wasn't a purely comedic. No, not at all. Role. No, no, no. In the park. It was no, it more was, of a straight ahead. Yeah, it was Disney. It was like, you know, fun and sweet characters is what I was playing. Yeah. What was the first impulse you had toward comedy then? Well, I grew up watching comedy and more classic comedy. I I grew up watching old movies with my dad Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of Christopher Guest movies. Those were my favorite movies in the world when I was younger and um, a lot of Monty Python. So I grew up watching a lot of improv comedy and it was like my favorite thing to watch. And um, so I've I've always enjoyed comedy and I did a lot of musical theater and Mm -hmm. my favorite roles to play were like the more character-y roles. Um, But Miranda, I guess comedy just kind of, came naturally to me, but I never thought to do it as a career. I always thought I'd be a singer or a musical theater. Um, so when Miranda kind of took off, I, I just started doing it. I, I didn't know really what I was doing. I just knew I loved playing this character and, um, started improving and performing everywhere that I could. And it just kind of clicked. It's just feels like what I should be doing. I remember a lot of talk about five years ago. And by that time you were probably already a big success on YouTube. There was a lot of talk about the YouTube playbook mm-hmm. and all of these rules that if you want to be successful, yeah. you need to do these things. Were you aware of that? No. I mean, I feel like uh, there are certain rules you have to abide by in order to be successful on YouTube. I think it's different for everybody. I know it worked for me, and um, what worked for me was working really hard. I think um, one thing that's really hard with YouTube is people see a five-minute video mm-hmm. and think, so they just upload this five-minute video, and then they can pay their bills for the week, and it's it's 24-7 job. It's, you know, right. we're writing, editing, producing, promoting, everything all by ourselves, so... Um, I think, you know, I just worked really hard, created a consistent schedule for myself, and I worked like four jobs to pay the bills for the first couple of years, and then eventually, um, 
you know, things started really taking off for me. What was your What was your YouTube workload like in the beginning? I remember meeting Grace Helbig in 2008, mm-hmm. and she was already doing a daily oh, yeah. vlog. Yeah. What was your schedule like? Well, at first, when I first started posting the videos, I would post like once every few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't popular then. I was getting like maybe 50 views a video or something like that. And then when the first video went viral, I was trying to post as often as possible. Because like I said, I thought this was going to just be a flash in the pan and I wanted to keep their attention. So I was posting, you know, every day, every other day. It simmered down a little bit, and then I realized, you know, I really need to make myself a consistent schedule if I want to take this seriously, and I started posting two times a week. Okay. Pretty early on in my career, as Miranda, I started posting twice a week. and um, The same days each week? Yeah, Mondays and Thursdays. Okay. That's still when I post. Because that's one of the other things of the playbook, like be consistent yes. every... Oh, yeah, and that's I do think that's true as far as like the playbook of things you should do. I think a consistent schedule and treating it like a real job and working nine to five at least mm-hmm. is essential to like um, finding you know, success on the internet. What was that first video that caught on with, with a wider audience than just your friends? Um, the video is called free voice lesson. Okay. And it's Miranda giving a voice lesson to the universe. <laughs> um, and that one went viral cause people didn't know if it was real or not. They thought this was a real girl giving terrible advice and she's super cocky and untalented mm-hmm. and it was entertaining. So that, that spread around pretty quickly of people just trying to figure out if I was real or not. And, um, then shortly after that, uh, I did single ladies, the, I, I recreated Beyonce's okay. single ladies music video and that went pretty viral as well. So those were the two that made it. Were you <laughs> already, um, getting YouTube re- revenue at that point? No, not at all. I didn't even know you could make money on YouTube. I didn't know what that was. So I, rem- I remember my first check from YouTube and it was like two years into making YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Finally, I became a partner with YouTube and um, I got a check for like $100. And I was like, oh my God. Did you frame it? $100? No, I went and cashed that thing. I had to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep that money. Um, yeah, so I, but I remember that moment. It was a huge moment for me to get paid to make people laugh was like such a cool feeling and, and doing what I loved. It was really cool. How long did it take to get the second check? I think I started getting them every month. They'd okay. send me one, but it wasn't much, it wasn't for much more. It was like mm-hmm. $111 or something. You know? um, so it wasn't a lot at first and um, I didn't care. I loved it. I, I was doing it for free for so mm-hmm. long. I didn't care. I, I never did it for money. I did it for fun. But you said you were also working like four other jobs. Yeah. So when I first started doing Miranda, I, um, I worked at Disney mm-hmm. and I worked at a restaurant singing for people. Okay. So um, at a macaroni business, grill. Show business or show business adjacent. Yeah, exactly. I worked for a princess party company where I dressed up like Belle or okay. Jasmine and still entertainment went related. To, yes. Always entertainment related. And um I also was a nanny. So okay. I would nanny little bratty children. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love that. But I that's up- also a good job for like when they're taking naps to work on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or- but yeah, I'd wake up early or stay up really late mm-hmm. to film and edit. Um, usually at night, you know, you film. I still do that. I film at midnight or one in the morning when my day's dwindling down. What do you remember about the last moment you had to work those other jobs? You know, it was a scary moment for me to... Um, to quit everything, uh, my the final job that I quit was nannying. Everything else I, I slowly dwindled out. Um, but nannying was the final thing that I stopped doing. And I feel like that was only like four years ago. Oh, wow. um, um, so that was, it was very scary for me to let go of, an, of another job and just only rely on my YouTube revenue. Um, but it was, it was very empowering. It was really cool. I was like, I am completely my own boss. I make my own schedule and I'm doing what I love. And, um, 
you know, it's it's a dream come true. I, I love this what job. What convinced you to be able to make that final leap? You know, it was kind of, I, I kind of forced myself into it because I was living in New York at the time and uh, I wanted to move back to California to try to pursue this YouTube career and to be closer to my family. Um, you know, I came out to New York to try out the, the theater world and see if Miranda could have uh, longevity out here. And it was going really well, but... Well, that was also plan A for you. Yeah. musical theater. Yeah, so musical theater. So I thought... You'd want to be near Broadway. Totally. And I thought, well, while this Miranda thing is kind of popular, I'll go out and I'll perform a little as Miranda and audition for musical theater. Mm-hmm. And I quickly realized, like, I don't want to perform and do other people's characters. I wanted to do my own. I wanted to write my own stuff. And so I wrote my one woman show and started touring and um, finally realized I wanted to go back to LA. So I had to quit my nannying job to go to LA and um, I even had intentions of like finding another job when I got to LA, but everything just started picking up. Once I dropped all the other jobs, it gave me more time to focus just on YouTube and my tour. And um, then everything just really flourished. Tell me about the first tour well oh my god (laughs) well i've been performing since the beginning of miranda being viral so right after my first video went viral um jim crusoe here in new york city he does an open mic night and a broadway at birdland series at birdland Mm -hmm. jazz club he uh, emailed me and said hey do you want to have your own show and i was like what would i do i don't even know what (laughs) what would i do for a show um but then the next day i wrote him back and i was like yeah i've got a show i'll come (laughs) and just I'd never done anything like it before and um, wrote a show for my character and flew out and did it. And um, it was really successful. And so I started booking myself anywhere I could perform. I booked myself in London, Miami, and like Sacramento and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I just started finding random venues that would take me and would go and perform. So for the first few years, my quote-unquote tour was just me every couple of weeks trying to find some weird venue that would allow me to come and perform for them. Um, would would they be convinced just based on the strength of your YouTube yeah, subscribers? Just on, yeah, just on the strength of my numbers. And it's funny, like my emails to these people would basically be me begging. Like, mm-hmm. I promise you I can sell out a show. These are my Twitter followers. These are my YouTube <laughs> numbers. Please just give me a chance. Like, I just, you know, I was so desperate to be on stage and show people what I could do. Um, and performing's always been my first love. Like, I love touring. I'm going on tour, a bus tour again in January. Um, it's something, you know, I'll never stop doing. But, um yeah, my, so my first, I guess, few years of touring was like every couple of weeks I'd have a show in a different city. Um, but I, I didn't do a bus tour for real until last year was my first okay. actual bus tour. Before that, I would, you know, I flew to Australia for a month and hopped around and flew to Europe for a month and hopped around. But uh, my first actual bus tour was last year, and it was awesome. I love it. What kind of, how big were the venues? Uh, well, they're like uh, anywhere from 1,000 to 3,000 seats last year. So, um, so tell me the difference between performing Miranda to a camera mm-hmm. and then having a few hundred to a few thousand people responding immediately to Miranda. There's a huge difference. I mean, in front of a camera, well, the, you know, the nuances are totally different. The, the comedy beats are totally different. Um, the comedy with with in front of a camera is a lot to do with editing. Mm-hmm. You know, the the timing of the cuts and the beats and, um, you know, whatever editing flair I put in there. That's where a lot of the comedy comes from, in my opinion, in front of a camera. And also in my facial expressions, the camera angles, what's in the background. Those are all elements to the video. And on stage, it's totally different. It's just me and a microphone and some 
crappy little props that Miranda has made. So um, it's it's a completely different experience. It's it's a more of a spectacle. It's more in your face. It's faster paced comedy. It's um, a lot of singing and dancing, and it's just constant, constant, constant. There's not really any dry beats in the live show. But there is a huge difference for me personally as a performer to have immediate feedback as opposed to you know, I'm alone in my room filming mm-hmm. and then I'm alone editing and I upload it and I'm alone reading comments and looking at numbers. You know, there, it's, it's, it's wonderful and I love that part of my job, but it definitely isn't as rewarding as hearing an immediate reaction of applause and laughter in front of me. You know, that is, there's nothing like that. It's really magical. Or seeing that the YouTube viewers are real. Yes, they're real totally. people. Oh, it's, it's not just a uh, stalker boyfriend <laughs> with YouTube open on five different screens. Yeah, right. As, we see. <laughs> As you see in haters, back actual viewers. Yeah, no, it's actual viewers, and that's really important for me to see. I think because you know, as an internet celebrity, mm-hmm. I guess it's very easy to get swept up in the numbers of everything. You know, my job is to get. A, a substantial amount of views or right. comments or likes. And so a lot of times it's easy for YouTubers to get swept up in just what that number is. So to be able to go on tour and meet people and perform for them, it turns those numbers into humans. And, you know, it's it's great to get a million views on a video, but to see, you know, 3,000 people in a room who all are really excited to support me and my career and my character and who've really kind of fallen in love with this girl is like, it's, it's so wonderful. It's really cool. What did you find out about the demographics of your audience? Well, it's changed a lot over the years. I mean, when it first started, it was like middle-aged, um, theater goers. Like, okay. so it, in the first couple of years, my audiences were like, you know, theater moguls right. and you know, people who loved going to the theater for the night or see a night of comedy. And then um, the more popular I got online, the more it shifted to a younger audience because the people who were online were younger. And um, so it slowly went down to like college age and then to teenagers. And now I have these incredible fans, I mean, of all ages, but the majority of my audience is teenage and college age um, people. And um, that changed a few years ago. And they're just insanely supportive. I just, I can't believe it. I mean, it went from like kind of a cocktail atmosphere at my first performances to now it's like screaming, <laughs> chaos, excitement, energy. Everyone's wearing lipstick and it's just, it's insane. The energy's crazy at my shows now. I've seen that too at the um, No Filter tour shows uh-huh. of Grace Mamrie and yeah. Hannah. It's, yeah. Uh, They're very it's excited. Wild. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, also, that kind of leads me to another point I wanted to ask you about, which is the difference between YouTube celebrities who come to YouTube with talent Mm -hmm. and then are put on tour versus you've heard over the last few years about these social media tours that are just kind of haphazardly put together and they might be YouTubers or Vine people Mm -hmm. who only have, how do you have, they don't necessarily have an hour of material to put together. Yeah. Do you feel any sort of like split? Um, Kind of. I mean, I try not to compare myself and what I'm doing to anyone else because it's so different and weird. And touring has, touring was more important to me than YouTube in the beginning. So even though I was still making videos, in my mind, the videos after they went viral were to promote my live shows. Mm -hmm. I didn't think of it as like these videos are, you know, the center of my career. I thought these videos will, you know, sell tickets to Mm -hmm. my live shows because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to perform. So performing was always something that I, I had in me that I wanted to do, but I do feel like I have a little bit of an advantage, um, 
with my YouTube career because I am an actor playing a character. So right. there's there's kind of more to do with that, which is why I think Netflix believed in me enough to give me a scripted show. Whereas a lot of YouTubers are just playing themselves. They're just it's a personality driven platform. Right. So um yeah, I mean it is more difficult to find something to do for someone who's just themselves online you know what what do you do on stage I, I don't even know what i would do on stage as me you know if i had to do an hour and a half you know as me on stage i'm sure i could come up with something but mm-hmm. and i'm a performer and that's daunting so like for someone who's just not a performer sing standards sing. yeah just <laughs> sing some musical Broadway theater favorites. songs yeah. and my fans would be like what is this <laughs> andrew lloyd weber song <laughs> um at what point did you feel comfortable then as an actor betraying Miranda sings to start the second YouTube channel, which was mm-hmm. you, yeah. which is Colleen. Well, I, at first I didn't want anyone to know my true identity. I was very allergic to the idea of that. And then eventually I kind of started to sprinkle it in because people figured it out anyway. You know, there's videos of me singing as myself online everywhere. So people started connecting the dots and figuring out that Colleen Ballinger was Miranda Sings. Uh, so once the cat was out of the bag, I thought, you know, they some of them already know. So mm-hmm. I'll make this other channel, like this vlog channel, kind of um, a special little nugget for the mm-hmm. super fans that probably no one will watch. And I started vlogging and um, posting videos on there just for like super fans, you right. know, thinking this will die down. No one will watch this. And somehow that channel exploded too. And what's funny is I thought that that would hurt the career of Miranda if I ever came out as me and said, I'm the actor who plays this mm-hmm. girl. And um, I thought that would tarnish my career like as Miranda. Girl 13. Yeah. Oh my wow. gosh. That's <laughs> from the past. Um, but yeah, I really, I thought it was mm-hmm. going to hurt it because I thought the success of Miranda was because people didn't know if she was real or not. So I thought if I came forward and said, it's not real, people would be like, oh, then we're not interested. Right. Um, but it actually had the opposite effect. People felt like they could rally behind Miranda because they knew who was playing her and they supported me and it almost felt like they were in on a secret. Like, oh, we know that it's an actor and we know mm-hmm. Colleen and we know her favorite food and what her family's like and we're friends. Um, letting them into my life and opening up to the audience was like one of the best things I could have done. And, um, not only for, you know, career purposes, because mm-hmm. it helped my audience to feel more close to me, but for me personally, it really was a really cool experience to be able to be open and share my life with people is very therapeutic. And, um, I learned a lot about myself and now I have a diary of the last decade of my life online. I can go back and look at birthdays and holidays and times that were hard and times that were magnificent. And, um, it's just something really special that I have forever. Did, um, the guy who played Fred, Fred <laughs> yeah. or Lucas. Oh, Lucas. Yes, Luke, yes, yes. Did yeah, he Lucas. ever do a, an actual channel of himself? Um, he, he has one now. Oh, he has one yeah, now. Yeah, he okay. has one now. And it's, it's doing really well, too. Oh, he's super talented. Yeah, yeah, Lucas is awesome. Well, I bring him up because one of your promotional videos this past week with your brother, mm-hmm. you talked about how Haters Back Off, you initially envisioned it as a movie, not mm-hmm. as a series. Yes. And I wondered if you were looking at the Lucas Fred model in that regard because that's how what he did was right um you know i i i wasn't uh, we just wanted to tell the story of miranda and i love lucas i really admire him and he was the first youtuber to like branch out and do something else but his style was much more um he had a much younger uh idea for 
what his show was going to be or what right. his movie was going to be. Was it was playing, a much younger audience. He was playing a kid. Yeah, he was playing a kid, and th- it was four kids, and it was very Nickelodeon-esque. Right. And, um, and I wanted to do something a little bit different and more sophisticated, something that I would watch. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think I would necessarily watch a show on Nickelodeon now as a 29-year-old woman. And so I wanted to make something that I would enjoy watching and my parents would enjoy watching. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really ever compare the two, but um, I definitely admire him and respect him a lot for being the first YouTuber to really branch out and do something different. Um, yeah, he did. He did. He had a movie. I think he had a TV show too. Like he, he, he crushed the game. Yeah. But now he does have a channel as himself. Okay, I'll have to check that yeah. out. Um, you bring up wanting to do something for all audiences, and that reminds me that uh, Jerry Seinfeld said, "Yeah, you did comedians in cars getting yeah. coffee in character." Yes, I did. But he said that uh, that Miranda was a character that he could enjoy with the kids, with his kids. Yeah, yeah. So his daughter showed him Miranda, and. He told me, he was like, you know, usually the stuff she shows me I don't like, but this was really funny. And he's like, I was laughing at your videos, laughing out loud, and um, which is a huge compliment coming from such an icon. Um, but he was incredible to work with, and um, he was just so kind and supportive of me and my career. And um, he still is. He's, he's a wonderful, lovely man. Um, but, yeah, he, he, did, he had so many wonderful things to say about Miranda and um, my character, which was just awesome. Uh, there was an, I watched an interview you gave a few years ago where you talked about some great advice you had gotten from one of your first managers about the difference between riding the wave and controlling the wave. Mm-hmm. And I wonder now, fast forward another three years later, what kind of advice is, are you holding close to yourself now? Well, I still, I still bring that up all the mm-hmm. time. And I do feel like I try to do that as much as possible, not riding the wave and, you know, sitting back and just letting it happen, but really taking control of your career and doing what you want to do and what you're passionate about. I think that was great advice. But there's another bit of advice that, um, was given to me very early on. And, uh, it was, you know, I was, I was really stressed. My first video had gone viral and I was like, I don't know what they want to watch online. I'm nervous about what they want to watch. What if they don't like my next video? It has to be perfect. And, um, this guy said to me, you know, do what tickles you. Do what makes you laugh. And and they'll like it. You know, if, as long as you're laughing at yourself. The second you stop having fun, the second you stop laughing and enjoying what you do is the second that it'll all go away. And I've really taken that to heart. And I really put my whole heart and soul into Haters Back Off. And I made a show that I wanted to make. I, w- I didn't listen to what was the cookie cutter idea of a TV show or, you know, I, I got a lot of advice from a lot of people and a lot of people told me not to do this show in the way that I wanted <laughs> to do it. Um, they thought the characters should be totally different, younger, hmm. it should be shot a different way, the music should be a different way. Um, but I really lucked out with Netflix because they were so supportive of my creative vision for this show and really let me take risks and do weird things and make choices that maybe shouldn't have been made in in the TV industry, but um, it was how I wanted the show to be done, and I'm really happy with the product. Oh, it's pretty great. Yeah. And you got Angela and yeah, Steve. Yeah, oh my they're... God, they're amazing. Yeah. The cast is incredible. Yeah. Um, it was it was crazy being like, you know, I've always done everything by myself, and I've always been a one-woman show, and it was so crazy to cast these incredible actors and comedians and sit in a room with them, and we'd be improving and I'd to be like, oh, my God, I'm the weak link in my own show. These people are incredible. I can't even, I don't stand a chance <laughs> next to these comedians. They're so good. Um, but, yeah, we got super, super lucky with them, and I'm, I'm happy to be, like, the the lowest on the rank of talent compared to those incredible actors. Is They're there anything so that they told you or that uh, Jerry or anybody else who's high up on the totem pole has told you to help you navigate this 
this chapter of your career? Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone along the way has given me a little bit of advice. I think I, I learn things more from observing other people than um, from like the words they say. Mm. And and one thing I've learned with from Jerry and from Angela and kind of everyone I've worked with on a close personal level is to stay generous and kind because it goes so far. I mean, the kindness and generosity that Jerry showed me spoke volumes that someone who he doesn't have to be nice. He doesn't have to, you know, make, he doesn't have to put a YouTuber on his show. Like why (laughs) did he do, you know, he's got huge legends on comedians and cars. The only reason, you know, he did that is because he believed in me and, um, it just meant, it meant the world to me and just, yeah. So I don't know that there are like specific words of advice that really, um, that really spoke to me. It was more their actions, how kind and generous everyone's been and, and how they don't let things really, you know, affect them too much. Mm -hmm. You know, I did see some hate comments on the comedians and cars episode I did. And I saw Jerry still look at the comments. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, um, I, you know, I got to see what they want to watch. You know, I got to figure out what they're liking, what they're Mm. not. Those comments, that comment section is my boss. You know, (laughs) if they're not happy, then I don't have a job. Sometimes Um, the hate is coming from inside the house. I know, (laughs) I know, but, um, you know, Jerry, of course, wasn't affected by it at all. He loved the episode. And so even though I had read some of the hate comment, I saw Jerry, um, the last time I did Fallon and, I, I thought, you know, maybe that would have been brought up, like some mm-hmm. of the negative comments. There was great comments too, but there was negative ones. And he was just so pleased with the episode. He loved the way it came out. He was laughing and he just thought it was so pleasantly weird. Um, <laughs> he really enjoyed it. And so that, that made me feel more comfortable too. And Angela too has been like, don't read reviews. Just be proud of what you put out there and, um, you know, know that you, you made a great show and you worked so hard on it, you know, so it's, it's it's been great to be around such wonderful, successful, and talented people, and really kind of um, follow their lead and how to be in this industry and stay happy and sane. <laughs> so, on the flip side of that, uh, since m- many aspiring newcomers look to you as a high person on the totem pole, that's weird. <laughs> they're 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 literally college students who grew up watching Miranda yeah, that's crazy. and are wondering what they should do. Granted, YouTube is such a different landscape in Mm -hmm. 2016 than it was in 2007. Yeah. So what would you tell them? Or what do you tell them? Yeah. I mean, I I get a lot of people asking me, you know, how to succeed on YouTube or in theater or in any profession. And I think, in my opinion, the most important thing to do is... Make sure you're doing what you're passionate about. I mean, if, if you're not passionate about it, you're going to end up being miserable. And if you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. And so you don't mind working 12 to 18 hours a day because you're doing what you love and you're so happy. So find what you love and work your butt off, even through the hard stuff, and um, you'll find success. And I think that's that's something that's really important. Don't expect the success right away either. you got to work four other jobs. <laughs> <laughs> to get there first, but it's worth it in the end. I think in our current state, um, like the mi- millennial generation, mm-hmm. there's a bad reputation of us, you know, the younger generation being kind of lazy. And um, I think people do get disappointed when there's not success right away. It's a very impatient generation. But I think if you stay patient and work hard, you can you can live out your dreams and do what you want to do. Well, you put in the work. And yeah. uh, thanks for fitting me into your 18-hour day. I really <laughs> Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. This episode of the Comics Comic presents Last Things First 
was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. Theme music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.